Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. So how many is ready for a quick word today? Give me an amen. amen. See that now that means it's a quick word when I get an amen like that. I've been telling you I want to talk about revived and I want to say that we're going to be revived together. I've been saying that the first step in a revival is an awakening. Uh, the next one is that you can see it, see it by faith, see it with spiritual eyes. And I talked last week how that revival energy comes together. But I want to tell you today that I believe one of the keys to revival is togetherness. Being together, or like Erica said, unity. I should have just had Erica preach this life group message because she was preaching earlier, wasn't she? I loved it. But you know, there's things that you can't do alone. You ever tried to play ping pong alone? You, you tilt up the other side of the table. It's just not the same because the contact is at the net rather than being at the back of the table and it goes over the edge of the board. You ever tried to play like uh, uh, basketball or baseball by yourself? It's just not the same. You ever tried? Hopefully not. You ever go on a date by yourself? You can't do it. You ever see somebody talking themselves at a table? It's weird. Can't go to a party by yourself? It's not a party. A party is multiple people. And you cannot have a conversation with yourself. <laughs> At least you're not supposed to. If you ever see me in Publix, I'm like, milk, sugar, bread, chicken. Milk, sugar, juice, bread, chicken. Then I'm holding Oreos, milk, juice, sugar, bread, chicken. Then I'm holding soda and Oreos, milk, sugar, bread, juice, chicken. Maybe I'm all alone on that. But you can't have a prayer meeting by yourself. You've got to have somebody to meet you there. You've got to have somebody to help encourage you, somebody to give you a hand. I thought about David in Psalm 142. He was running for his life being chased by Saul. And he wrote Psalm 142, the Bible says, in the cave of Adullam. And he writes this in verse 4. He says, I look to my left and I look to my right and nobody is concerned for me. I have no refuge and nobody cares for me. However, we understand from the parallel passage in 1 Samuel that David had 400 men who had his back in that cave. Now, if you went to that cave, I'm sure there were guys in every corner of the cave, inside and outside the cave. But what he was going through convinced him that he was alone even though he had 400 guys that were ready to have his back and to fight for him. I want to tell you this year, it might feel like you're walking through this year alone. And it's been a difficult year, a wild year, a crazy year. We've been told to be separated. I am a hugger, a handshaker, a high-fiver. We've been told to be spread out and distanced from things and people in our life. 
Maybe you've been working from home. Maybe you haven't gone into your office for a while. Maybe you haven't seen your coworkers. Maybe you canceled trips, beach vacations, vacations to see friends and loved ones. Maybe you lost your job this year. I took a lot of those phone calls earlier in the year. Maybe you were furloughed. Maybe you were laid off for a short time. Maybe you lost a percentage of your income for a while and maybe it hasn't all come back yet. And you probably lost sleep stressing about these things, being concerned and being worried. But here's what I want to tell you today. We walked into this together. We walked through this together. And by the help of God, we're going to walk out of this together. And here's what I want to say today. Jesus, He walked before you. He walked beside you. And He walked behind you because He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. And I want to tell you, if we walked in it together, we're going to walk out of it together. And God is going to deliver and revive us together. He's going to deliver and revive us together. I want to give you a couple quick things this morning. I want to tell you, we are all the same. We're all the same. How many know we're all created in the image of God? And we're all the same because we're all sinners. Jesus came to this earth to be born of a socially low couple. It was an average earthly father that he had. The Bible tells us his teenage mother, there were whispers about her. There was no room at the inn, so they put him in a cave for animals. And Jesus ended up spending the first night on earth in a feeding trough. He came to the earth as the lowliest of lows. And here's why. So that he could relate to everyone and so that he could reach everyone. I remember there was a woman that was caught in the act of adultery and the Pharisees brought her to Jesus and said, what should we do to her? They were basically saying, Jesus, we know you teach mercy. We know you teach grace, but the law says to stone her. Now what are you going to do about that? And it says he got down on one knee and he began to write in the dirt. We don't know exactly what he was, he was writing, but for centuries it's been supposed that he was writing the sin of the Pharisees in the sand that day. But the point is he got down on their level and he said he without sin go ahead and cast the very first stone when it was obvious that nobody was qualified to throw the first stone because potentially Jesus was writing their sin in the sand they began to leave one by one and the only one qualified to throw the stone was Jesus and he looked at her and said where are thine accusers None are left to accuse me, she said. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What Jesus was saying is it's not your place to cast stones at one another. Why? Because we're all in this together. We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. And we are all the same. And we all need each other. Let me just say today there are no outcasts in the kingdom of God. Because Jesus came to save sinners. He said the physician did not come for the healthy but he came for the sick and he said I came to seek and to save that which was lost I want to tell you we're all in it together because we're all the same I love what Paul said to Timothy in first Timothy he said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief Paul, the apostle, the chief of sinners. 
However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. He's saying, God used my life as a pattern. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The man that God used to write two-thirds of the New Testament is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And guess what? It is impossible to exaggerate when God is inspiring you to write the Bible. It's hard. It's easy to exaggerate. But it's impossible to exaggerate when the Holy Spirit is moving on you and moving the pencil or the pen or the quill, whatever it was, and he says, oh yeah, Jesus came to save sinners. And oh, by the way, I am the worst of the worst sinners. We read that and we think that it's poetic or it's just an example for him to say he's the worst. Paul, we know that you're not the worst. Maybe he's just saying that so people would feel better about it. And that's how we read that. But guess what? You cannot exaggerate when the Holy Spirit is moving on you to write the scriptures inspired by the Holy Ghost. And so Paul actually believed that he was the worst sinner because he truly had a bad record of persecuting and killing God's people, even women and children. And so Paul just happened to know and he happened to carry it with him. If God can save me, he can save anybody. In fact, he said it so well in verse 16. He said, however, for this reason, I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy for this reason, that it would be a pattern to all those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. He's saying, if God can save me, God can save anybody. And he's referring to the fact that in Acts 9, he was on the way to imprison more Christians, to persecute them and to potentially stone them. But on that Damascus road, God shined a light down on Paul. He spoke audibly to him. He knocked him off his horse and he filled him with the Holy Ghost. And his life was radically changed, not just that day, but forevermore. And he writes to his son Timothy in the gospel and says, God did all of that as a pattern to let them know if God can save me, He can save them. We're all the same. We're all sinners and God knows that we're all in this together. We're all in it together. Second thing, quickly, we're all walking through the same thing. We're all walking through 2020. I've been hearing people tell stories about New Year's Eve, January, all this kind of stuff. I even looked up the message that I preached on the first one of the year and I thought, if I'd only known then, if what I know now. But we're all walking through it and it's touched us all. And I know it's touched us all in different ways, but the fact is we're all walking through the same thing. Now remember the children of Israel, they walked out of Egypt together. They were delivered together. They were delivered together and we will be too. They faced a lot of adversities on their way to the promised land, but guess what? They did it together because they were all walking through the same things. The Bible tells us that our Lord was tempted in all ways as we are. It's all common to all of us. 
In fact, it's said that it's common to man what we all go through so that none of us could have a pity party and say, hey, I went through something that nobody else went through. We've all gone through it. And there was a time in the wilderness when they came to a place where there were poisonous snakes that God allowed because of their complaining. And many of them were bit by these snakes and many in the camp were afraid. And they began to pray to the Lord, deliver us, save us, heal us. And then God spoke to Moses and said, Moses, wrap that serpent around your staff and lift it up for all of the camp to see. And he said, anybody that looks on that staff will be healed. They were sick together. They were afflicted together. They prayed together. And now Moses, he lifts up that staff in the wilderness. It was the brazen serpent. And they were all delivered together. And Jesus said in John chapter 3, He said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and everybody that looked upon that serpent, they were saved. Oh, I feel it today. He said, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And everybody that looks upon Him, they, I, He said, if the Son of Man be lifted up, then I'm going to draw all men unto Me. I want to tell you, we're all... We're all in this together. But if we'll all look to Jesus, He's going to deliver us. He's going to heal us. He's going to save us. He's going to bring us through. Jesus said, whosoever, let him come. Drink of the waters of life freely. It said, he that believe on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Spirit. But uh, But he spake this of the Spirit that they believe on him. For the Holy Ghost was not given yet. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. I want to tell you, this is for everybody. We're in this together. We're walking through the wilderness. We're on the way to the promised land. This is not our home, but we're going to get there together. We're in the fight together. We're in the struggle together. But someday, we're going to make it together, rejoice together, shout together, sing together, worship together, be redeemed together eat together, sup together. We will make it together. Going to make it together. Music come. I'm going to close. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to sign up for a group. The last thing I want to tell you is we all need the same thing. We need each other. We need to be revived together. And God does His best when God's people come together. God does His best when His people come together. It was already mentioned, but the hand and the foot thing, God can work through the body when we're all together. I thought about the disciples, and they went through a very troubling time. All of the Christ followers in that time, they did. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was arrested. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was stabbed with a spear. He was put on the cross. He was crucified. He, was, he died, and He was buried. They went through a very difficult time. But then Jesus began to appear to them one by one. The Bible says that He appeared to them, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to them uh, with the twelve, without Thomas and Judas, and then with Thomas, and all of these things. And, And then all of a sudden, as they were going through a hard time, they all needed the same thing. They all needed to see Jesus alive after His passion or after His suffering. But they were all revived together. 
Now remember that on the day of the ascension, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us 500 people saw him alive after his passion ascend up into heaven. They were revived together because God knew that he does his best work through people when they come together. The Bible says just where two or three are gathered that he is in our midst. He is in the middle of them. And I want to show you what God did on that great day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. It says in the NIV, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all... I heard it. I love it. They were all together. They were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound like a blowing violent wind that came from heaven and filled the whole house. Where they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that sat, separated and came to rest upon each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. But that all started when they came together in one place. I want to tell you that God has something special for you when you come together with God's people. I thought about how in Acts chapter 1 and 15 it tells us that there were 120 people there at that moment. But yet there was 500 that saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And all of them would have heard Acts 1 and 4 when Jesus told them uh, to, to don't leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. So here's what I want to say. 120, they received what God wanted to do because they came together. But 380, is my math right? Thanks. 380 missed out on what God wanted to do because they weren't together. I want to tell you, God has something special for His people when we come together. When we come together. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.